All right, hey, welcome back to Wednesday Night Walker, your favorite episode of the week. That is right, I am Dean Walker, and you are listening to the Marking Out Network. We are at Pod Marking Out on all social medias. I am at 99DeanWalker on all social medias as well. Uh, if you have not done it already, it does help the show out a lot, and it is completely free to give us a rating and a five-star review. Please do that. I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you haven't already, share this with at least one friend or family member, coworker. It doesn't matter, neighbor, anybody. Go ahead and shout us out. If uh, if anybody you know who loves wrestling as much as you do, maybe they'll enjoy this episode. Maybe they'll enjoy our show. Maybe they'll start to follow us, and we can grow our audience. And if we grow the audience, then maybe, just maybe, they may enjoy the episode just as much as you do. But anyway, we have so much to get into, so we are going to start the episode right about now. First up, we have Brian Pillman Jr. back in the news. He is supposedly going to the WWE, and it seems as if he will be starting very, very soon. So, um... It happened about a few months ago. Uh, he was spotted at the um, at like NXT, that their performance center down in Florida, and uh, everybody was freaking out, including myself, because I feel like he would be a great fit. Now, the one thing that threw me off, I had no idea he was 29. I thought he was like 25. I thought he was about my age, uh, but I guess he's 29, so... I feel like that's in WWE's wheelhouse. They love to hire people who are basically 30 um, all the way up to their mid-30s. They just love to hire them, man. That's just what they do. And there's some few NXT uh, youngsters down there. But, I mean, think about it. A lot of their rising stars, LA Knight's a rising star. Finn Balor is still rising. And they are they're about 40 or will be 40 or early 40s. And it's just... It's crazy when you go down the roster and you think, oh man, these people are so young, when they really are not. It's it's quite insane. But again, even though the news is stating that Brian Pillman Jr. is in NXT, that really doesn't mean we're going to see him on television anytime soon. And uh, according to PWInsider.com, they need to, quote, get his feet under him, which means NXT is going to rebrand him in the WWE fashion, as they always do. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, we saw James Storm in NXT for fuck's sake, and James Storm—he's been—he's been a wrestler longer than NXT's been a thing. If you really think about it, it's kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird that you have to come to NXT retrain, but it makes sense. It's their own brand. It's their own company. So hopefully sooner than later, we will see Brian Pillman Jr. in NXT. How do you guys feel about that? Please let us know at PodMarkingOut on Twitter or X. Never really sure what to call it nowadays. Now, if you guys know who Tyrus is, um, if you knew him as Brodus Clay, which I haven't said that name out loud in many, many years, but Brodus Clay was in the WWE with the Funkadactyls, which I believe was Naomi and Cameron. Um, this was a very early 2010s thing, like 2012, 13. And he he got very popular very quick um, under that um, umbrella. But at the same time, 
you know, it wasn't a long-term thing. He eventually died out and he, he, he departed from WWE, but he is back to being a monster, um, in the ring and going by Tyrus. Now, Tyrus, uh, I believe he broke it on Fox News. I had no idea that he was a part of Fox News as I, what is he like an anchor or something? He, he, he's something, uh, he's, he's a host. I don't know, but I guess he works for Fox News and he said he had to retire from the sport. I guess there was a stipulation where if EC3 beat Tyrus for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, then he had to retire. And he ended up losing, and I have the quote here from it. He said, honestly, it came down to I wanted to keep wrestling so all my kids could see me wrestle and wrestled for 20 years. And it's been... uh. It opened so many doors for me. The WWE Impact Wrestling uh, and Wrestling in Japan. This whole quote is kind of, uh, now that I'm reading it out loud, is not. There's a lot of grammatical errors, but I'm going to, you know, just ignore it. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm stuttering so much. I was a little chubby kid who wanted to be like his heroes, Dusty Rhodes, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. And Haku, Andre the Giant. Um, and I did that. I accomplished those things and I was able to use that platform to establish myself here to become an author. Uh, let's see. And it was just, you get to a point as an athlete where it's subtraction by addition. Your career to be a great wrestler. You got to go 300 days a year. You got to train. You got to do a lot of things. The NWA is growing and they got live events now. And they're doing all these things. My job was to promote and I was the NWA champion. That's a small list. They can uh, they can never take that away from me. And it's just my uh, it's just my time. And I talked to my family about it. My kids voted and I said that's one last weekend that daddy's gone. Um, so I believe Tyrus, he's about 50 years old now. He... He had his major WWE run between 2010 and 2014. He went to Impact uh, between 2014 and 18, uh, and then he started wrestling for the NWA. And if you know about the NWA, it's it's still a little bit underground. I mean, there's there's a decent amount of an audience, but it's not huge. Um, it's a very uh, it, it's one of the bigger indie promotions. Um, but there's a lot of people in there. I know one of them being uh, Chris Masters. I think he's Chris Adonis. There's a lot of well-known faces within the NWA. I recommend checking them out. Maybe find them on YouTube or do 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 your research. I have no idea. But um, it looks like Tyrus is officially retired. So I do want to say thank you for entertaining me as a preteen, basically, or an early teenager uh, 2010, 2014. Yeah. Early teenager. Um, I was never keen to the whole Brodus Clay gimmick, but it was kind of fun and I will remember it. So thank you, Tyrus, for all that you've done, um, in Impact, Japan and WWE and the NWA. So thank you. Now, another quite um, upsetting news, actually, this week. Uh, during um, this week's episode of Rampage, Tony Schiavone, uh, he stated that Pac 
was injured and not able to compete for quite a while. Now, um, we all know Pac. He was in NXT. He was in WWE as Adrian Neville and Neville. Um, I mean, listen, Pac, from what I know, he seems to always be on the injured list. But at the same time, it's not that he's unsafe. It's not that he is technically injury prone I believe the reason why is because of his ring style I mean have you seen the crazy bumps that man takes he does like four flips in the air lands on you and you expect him not to get injured it's kind of like it is what it is um it's it's the ring style he chose it's what he wants to do and it's what made him who he is so you know a lot of people are gonna you know start to hate on pack and say, you know, he needs to settle down. He needs to slow it down and and put on headlocks. You look at guys like Randy Orton, right? You look at guys like Hulk Hogan. Basically, their entire body is fucked from their finishing maneuver, right? The RKO, Randy Orton's back is screwed up. Hulk Hogan from the leg drop, his spine is screwed up. His lower back is fucked. It doesn't matter how slow, methodical, and just WWE styled you are. You're going to get hurt either way. And Pac, yeah, he may be in an expedited uh, injury list all the time. But at the same time, it's just who he is. So I wish him a speedy recovery. Um, There's no further details on what is happening. But um, hopefully he's going to be all right, man. Because that's not good. All right, this is the second to last story of the night before we get into that whole, you know, CM Punk drama again. But um, Seth Rollins is in the news. Sadly, it looks like he is not doing too well. His spinal injury, I believe, to his lower back. uh, I could be wrong, but it looks like uh, it just keeps getting worse. It's been going on for about four years. Um, He has two fractures to his lumbar spine. And it it really doesn't seem to be getting any better. Doctors have told him not to wrestle. Doctors have told him to stay out of the ring as long as you can for an extended amount of time. But Seth Rollins is one of the workhorses in the WWE. You see him all the time on TV, but he's doing live events. And when he's not doing live events, he's at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy doing his uh, pro wrestling school, which, as you guys know, I was a part of. And he is hands-on. So the man is constantly going, and while I was training in the ring, I would look over, and he was doing this hour-long CrossFit workout. The dude's insane. Um, So he's a fucking workhorse, man, and I wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully he's going to be okay, and a lot of people are throwing around the word career-threatening. I'm hoping that's not the case, but they're comparing it to the Randy Orton situation. Uh, So I really don't know how to feel about this, but... I'm hoping for the best. I'm not going to sit here and speculate too much, but I will say that it looks like Shinsuke Nakamura may be quite possibly defeating Seth Rollins at WWE Payback. That is just a prediction. I have no further details. I have no information on it. Like I said, I'm not really a dirt sheet. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just talking about the news here. So give me a break. Um, But regardless, Seth, hope you're doing all right. Hope you're going to be okay. Just take the time off, man. I know you're working hard, so you deserve it. Take the time off. (laughs) And now, technically, this is the main event for tonight's episode. The whole CM Punk drama is back. It's back in the works. 
Punk is at it again. Good old Punky Brewster fighting everybody. Bare knuckle brawling in the back because that's what he does for fun nowadays. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is wrong with CM Punk. I don't know why he does this, but anyway, I've got a lot of shit to read. So we're just going to get into it right now. Um, so Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer Live, uh, he also said that despite the whole Jack Perry situation, or Jungle Boy, if you have not been keen to AEW, he changed his name to just Jack Perry. He has a heel now. It's a fantastic work. I love it. Um, but it looks like besides just Jack Perry, Punk also had issues with Miro in the back. So I'm thinking Miro probably stood up for Punk. I'm sorry, for Perry, but we're going to get into that. Let's see. Um, uh, let me see. I don't want to just read what this guy wrote. I'm trying not to plagiarize here. I'm just trying to collectively see what's going on. But what I can do is read the quote from Brian Alvarez because technically that's not plagiarizing. So I'm going to read it here. Um, apparently, this is the quote. Apparently, there was another near incident when CM Punk, and I heard this from multiple people again, when CM Punk came through the curtain, Miro starts coming up and he's like, what happened with Jack Perry? CM Punk is like, oh, so now you got a problem with me now? So they get into an argument and basically it's like, you want to step outside? Um, I don't know what happened, but I do know they didn't step outside and CM Punk ended up back in the trainer's room. So that is a quote from Brian Alvarez. Uh, shit. I mean, for me, I am so over CM Punk being an AEW. I've said it before. CM Punk, if I had to choose like my top five, top 10 wrestlers, he is one of the, probably one of the top five. Um, he is someone who really influ uh, was an influence to me as a, as a child, someone who made me feel like I want to do this as a living. And I looked up to Punk a lot. I, I thought he was great. Um, he had amazing work in the early mid two thousands. Uh, he did amazing work in like 2010 ish. Uh, when he was doing the Straight Edge Society and he was showing how how good of a heel he can be. Um, you know, then he was being just regular CM Punk again. And then he went back and did the pipe bomb thing. And then he was another great heel under Paul Heyman when they teamed up. And that's when you had the whole Undertaker versus Punk thing. And CM Punk is a great, great, great athlete. He's a great performer. He's creative. He's one of the best in the wrestling business. But that doesn't mean that you can just start a ton of issues in a place that had not too many problems. I mean, how how many things before CM Punk did you hear about AEW and all these bad situations and all this drama? You barely heard any drama from AEW. The only thing that you heard um, news-wise was who's going to get signed. That's it. That is it. Uh, but I do want to read this from Wrestling Inc. Um, it's said that Alvarez made contact with more than a dozen people in AEW and made a point of comparing the public nature of his incident to the backstage fight from All Out to 2022. Um, according to Alvarez, after Perry returned to the back following his pre-show uh, FTW championship match against Hook, he was receiving treatment for cuts 
um, suffered. Uh, he was suplexed through the through the real glass of a limousine's windshield. Nothing. Uh, oh, noting Perry's on-camera remarks about the glass in reference to a recent backstage dispute. So if you guys didn't if you guys didn't see what that meant, uh, basically before he got um, all up on the car, he talked into the camera, basically talking directly to CM Punk himself. And was saying that, you know, this is real glass. We use real glass here. You know, I'm not a baby. I'm, I'm this and that. I'm paraphrasing now. But he was just saying, like, look at me. Look at me. We're using real shit. After Punk apparently told him not to. And I guess that's what sparked the whole thing. So, all right. Back to the uh, Wrestling Inc. article here. Um, looks like once Perry got into the back, Punk initiated a conversation with him asking if he had an issue. Uh, with him and punk then reportedly reminded perry that he could beat his ass which subsequently led to a brief scuffle and that was ultimately put to a stop um it was very quick pretty much 100 percent say that punk made the comment he either shoved or pie-faced perry uh grabbed him in the guillotine lock uh and it was immediately broken up Samoa Joe was right there. Everyone, everybody was right there. Nobody got their ass kicked. But I will say this. They got close enough to Tony Khan that I believe monitors were knocked down onto Tony Khan. So he was right there and he saw everything. And a lot of people were right there and they saw everything as well. And so it ended up with Jack separated. Um... Samoa Joe grabbed him and they got broken apart. So that was the quote from, I believe, Brian Alvarez again. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing. It, it is amazing that this keeps happening. Look, I guess afterwards, uh, Punk immediately threatened to quit. Um, it was the, in, in the heat of the moment um, that he also wanted to call his match off with Samoa Joe and, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I really don't understand why CM Punk has to constantly get into these issues. I mean, this is, this happened again. I mean, he was just suspended for such a long fucking time. And when he comes back, it's like, he's right back into it. I know he probably misses trying to do the whole UFC thing, but dude, chill out. Just fucking chill out. You are a grown man. You are a grown man. You are working with a lot of younger people. You have to be their mentor. You can't be just, I'm going to beat your ass. You know I can beat your ass. Don't do that. And there's a lot of people. There, there, are, there are so many people out there who will go and cater to CM Punk because they're a fan of him. I'm a huge fan of Punk. That doesn't mean that I agree with everything he does. You know, it, it's like... And Neil, Neil called me today uh, from, from our podcast. Neil, he called me and he said, he, he asked me uh, how I feel about the whole punk situation. And I'm closer to Jack Perry's age. I think we're about the same age. But, you know, I, I kind of resonated, resonated with, with, with Perry a little bit, thinking to myself, like, okay, if I was in his position, I mean, we're about the same age, what if I was there and Punk told me 
who is, should be a mentor, how he can beat my ass. Now, to me, I would immediately say, well, that sounds very like 80s, early 90s, to where things were a little bit more carny, things were a little bit more out there. You know, it's it's very old school. It is very old school, and I would immediately be turned off by it. I'd be like, well, listen, it's, you know, 2023 now. Things have changed. We're trying to move to a better non... Uh, None, you know, just nobody wants to get into that shit nowadays. We just want to go there. We want to perform. We all want to work together and have a great show. It's a performance. It is a fucking performance. You're you're like a stunt actor. Go out there, be a stunt actor, get along. And if you don't get along, shut up and then go home. That's it. It's not that complicated. Do you have any people that Everybody works with every, every every day at their nine to five. They don't they don't sit there and throw hands all day, do they? No. It's some childish shit. Now I will say I will play the other side. Jack Perry speaking into the TV, uh, into the monitor, and saying, you know, hey, this is real glass. This is what we do. All that bullshit. Yeah. It's a little shitty, and yeah, it's it's a little annoying, and it, it was a little childish as well. I don't think he should have said that shit at all. If he had a problem with punk, he should have just said it backstage in a calm manner, not some in-my-face type of manner, but he could have said it calmly to him. Now, this kind of is what like punk did, but reversed. So before um, seeing punk at the, um, af- at the after show, for the the scrum for all out or whatever he talked shit basically about the elite and then when he got back the elite were like what's up punk and then they brawled perry said some shit on tv about punk and then when he got back punk said what the fuck and then they brawled so it's basically the same thing just reversed but who's the common punk you don't see the elite fighting Jack Perry, do you? You don't see a lot of people in the back fighting other people. I'm sure they can. I'm sure. It's not impossible. I'm not sitting here and trying to pretend like it's all sunshine and rainbows back there and then punk ruined it all. But I'm saying seemed very cohesive. It seemed like a pretty well-oiled machine before CM Punk came back. So I don't know. I can only do so much speculating from a, from an article I read on the internet. I wasn't a part of the show. I have no idea. Take everything I say with a little pink Himalayan salt. I have no idea. But if I were a part of that situation, I would not want to be around punk. I'll be honest. And it sucks because he's one of the people who I would ask advice for, who I would ask a lot of stories and ask him about a lot of stories and, and want to hear a lot from him and learn a lot from him. But... He's so hostile. He is so hostile nowadays. I just don't want to deal with it. And a lot of you may say, oh, you're soft. Or a lot of uh, you are the same type of people who are saying on the internet right now that, you know, these wrestlers nowadays, they're soft. This type of fighting shit that happened all the time back in the day. Get over it. And yeah, I get it. It's a locker room for, for, uh, uh, you know, buff-ass athletes who who wrestle for a living, of course shit's going to go down. 
it's like a football locker room or a basketball locker room or whatever. Shit's going to go down. People are going to fucking fight. It's, it happens. When you're working together so much and on the road so much, you're kind of like, you're like family and families fight all the time. I get it. So yeah, a, a little fight here and there. It, it's kind of like, yeah, it happens. But if the same dude is causing all of these problems in a culture that's way different than the 80s, this culture nowadays is way different. I mean, they're a little soft. <laughs> I'll be honest, they're a little soft. Most of the shit that they do nowadays in this culture is they talk shit online because they don't want to talk shit to your face. But whatever. I, like I said, I'm trying to be as fair as I can. I get it. But at the same time, it is their career. It is the, how they make their living. Nobody should feel like they have to tiptoe around someone who is hostile making all the decisions and who he wants on his collision show and all this and that. It's annoying. I can't even imagine actually working in that environment. I mean, hell, I've made the announcement already. I'm I'm going back to the ring in 2023. I'm making my fucking return. And if it doesn't work out for me, if my neck starts to act up again, if my spine starts to act up again, it is what it is. And I retire. But this is my final comeback. And I would love to work for AW. I would love to work for WWE and etc. But now, as a wrestler myself, I have no idea if I want to be a part of a hostile fucking locker room. I, I really don't. So that's why I'm speaking from my opinion on this whole situation. But anyway, it's just annoying. It is what it is. We're running out of time here, so again, I am Dean Walker. You can find me at 99DeanWalker on all your social medias. We are on TikTok at Marking Out Network, and we are on Instagram and Twitter at PodMarkingOut. This was Wednesday Night Walker. Yes, it's usually my just my solo episode talking about shit I want to talk about, but the news was kind of popping today, so we wanted to discuss all that. I will see you in the next one for probably the Dynamite Recap, so I'll see you.